Dear songwriter, welcome to this episode. I will be straight up with you. I was not planning on releasing an episode this week, but after hearing from so many of you over the last few days about how much you've been listening to the podcast, how much you've been enjoying the podcast, how the listenership continues to grow, it gave me motivation and inspiration to not take a break. And so what I've done was taken one of my trainings that I've done in the past, one of my free trainings, specifically how to write memorable melodies, took that training and I put it into podcast form. Now, there are some things that are missing, including the song analysis that we did on the training for copyright purposes. I'm not including that. Also didn't include the Q&A that happened at the end of the training but it included much of the meat that comes with this training. And I don't know if I'm going to keep it up for that long because the episode that is, just because I do plan on running this training in the future because it was a really fun, really awesome, really value-packed experience, both for myself as well as the the attendees. So uh, I may take this episode down. This may just be a temporary episode, but for now, this is what you're getting for this week. I hope you find tremendous value from it. And if you haven't been to one of my trainings, I've done a few over the last year or so, and I definitely will continue to uh, do some in the future. If you haven't, definitely be subscribed to my email list um, or my Instagram or both. Make sure that you're getting information from me, news from me, because that is where those are the avenues that you know, any future trainings, news about that will be disseminated. So anyways, hope you enjoy this podcast episode of Dear Songwriter, How to Write Memorable Melodies. Enjoy. So you're here, probably, hopefully, because you love writing songs and you want to keep learning, but maybe you're feeling a little bit of stuck. Okay, maybe you're feeling a little bit stuck. You're a perfectionist who can't seem to finish writing their songs. You're someone who has had or is currently experiencing writer's block. You're someone who's maybe feeling imposter syndrome. You know, who am I? Who am I to be doing this whole artist thing? Maybe you're someone who has a lot of great melody or lyrical ideas, lyric ideas, but you're not really sure how to turn that into a full song, right? It kind of just sits there and it doesn't really develop. Perhaps you're brand new to songwriting. You know, maybe you're a musical person. Maybe, you know, you you sang in choir in sixth grade and just never really took that dive and, and you're brand new. Maybe you've written some songs before, but never really analyzed or studied the process, right? Maybe like it just sort of seemingly came natural to you and and you realize, oh, this is actually something that, that I can study. So all this to say is this, this training is for you if you're just getting started with songwriting and you're not sure where to start related to melody, which is what we're going to be talking about mostly tonight, or otherwise, perhaps you're a seasoned songwriter who wants to add to your tool belt when it comes to your own writing, um, or perhaps you're a songwriter who identifies with any of the aforementioned situations. Now, this training is not for you if you have no interest in writing your own songs, right? So if you have no interest in that, I'm not sure how you got here. You took a wrong turn, but this training is definitely not for you. Or you are not okay with me delivering a bunch of free value and then letting you know at the end about how I can help you reach your musical goals through one or more of the services that I offer. Obviously, if you are a current client or going to be a client and committed to that, that will not apply to you. But if you're not okay with that, then this, this uh, training would not be for you. 
So what you are going to learn in this training that is specifically about melody is how to make your melodies catchy and what that even means, how to get unstuck with your melody so that you can actually take that idea in your phone and develop it into something more, how to write melodies that actually connect from verse to chorus to bridge. Sometimes that can be a real challenge. And what to do next after you've written all your melodies, right? So like a lot of times you do these workshops, you get this information, but you're not really taught how to implement that information. And so we're gonna be talking a lot about implementation as well today. Before I get into that, I know a lot of you know who I am, so this may sound redundant, but for those who don't, please allow me to introduce myself. So where I was not too long ago, well, actually kind of a long time, a time ago now, I guess, 2011 was a long time ago. I was a full-time middle school and high school teacher from the years of 2011 to 2013. At that time, I felt really insecure and confused about what role music played in my life. I was like comparing myself to other people. I was, I, I just wasn't sure if I was cut out for it. Um, and that led me to actually not writing or not writing as much as I wanted to during that period, right? So I ended up making the decision, you know, this is too important to me. I want to go after this. So I actually positioned myself to leave my teaching career to pursue my music. And I started to invest in my music by hiring producers and mentors. I started to go on tour. I started to release music. I started to create content. And it led to some really cool opportunities and experiences such as releasing eight albums over the last 10 years, getting to shoot and produce these really cool music videos out in LA as well as New York City, getting this random placement on a web series for an ESPN Brazil, Brazil show, this was back in 2014, getting to tour internationally. This was a tour in mainland China and Taiwan with my brother back in 2018, where we played this packed room in Taipei, Taiwan. Got to do this really cool radio interview in Taipei, Taiwan, which was a lot of fun. Playing these really awesome shows. This was back in May. Getting to close the night with a solo encore in Queens, New York. Getting this really cool feature, which is kind of a bucket list item of mine, an American songwriter, which is a blog I'd been following for a while. Getting that feature, getting to be on the music production, uh, the music production podcast, the podcast I'd been listening to for a while. And then doing a really, a really important interview that meant a lot to me, getting featured in POC and Punk, where I talked about being a person of color in the music scene throughout the United States. It even led me to launching my podcast, Dear Songwriter, and in April charted at number 25 for music commentary podcast. And I packaged all of that into this business, my dream business, which, which honestly, it feels like a dream every single day because it is an absolute joy to do, to be able to help songwriters such as yourselves to make that transformation to start your artist journey. And I've now helped hundreds of fellow songwriters do exactly that. Now, I'm not telling you this because I want to talk about my accomplishments all night. I'm telling you this because I want, you to, I want to encourage you and let you know that I did this all without a manager, label, or industry executive. I did it without a large budget, and I did it without a huge following, but I did do it with a hard work and clear plan, investing in mentors like I talked about, and a willingness to put myself out there and take risks. So let's talk about melody. Why are melodies often hard to create? So if you have a thought about this, if you find melodies to be hard to create, tell us why. Tell us why in the chat. Why are melodies often hard to create, right? Is it mental? Do you get in your head? You know, what, what is it, right? So drop that in the chat if you feel so inclined. Here are some things that have come up over the years. So we worry we're not being original enough or we're ripping off someone else's song, right? So we maybe get in that loop of like, ah, oh, like 
Like people have heard this before, like, oh, this sounds like Ed Sheeran. This sounds like Taylor Swift, right? So we kind of get in our head about that. Maybe we have melody ideas, but we don't know how to piece them together over the course of a full song. So we get stuck. And then maybe, you know, we feel like it can be hard not to feel repetitive, right? Like maybe you you have this one melody idea over this one like instrumental that you've created. And then you you find another instrumental or you build on yourself and you're you're kind of going back to those like same melodies, right? So definitely... That's something, certainly something that I have felt over the years. So before we really, really dive in, we need to make sure that we are clear on these three terms, okay? The first one is note, okay? Now, a note is a single pitch that is played on an instrument or sung. For example, do, that is a note, right? That is a single pitch that I just sang, okay? Do, do, do. Those are two single pitches that are unique, right? So you can say that those are two notes, okay? So I want to make sure that that's clear. A single pitch is what we would call a note. Now, what is a melody? A melody is a sequence of two or more notes that is pleasing to the ear, okay? So for example, okay? So taking two notes, right? Start or Starting with one note, going to a pitch lower and then going back up, we can call that a melody, okay? What is a motif? Okay, so I would guess out of these three, perhaps motif is the one that is perhaps the, the least familiar, right? So a motif is a short melodic theme that's based on pitch and rhythm that's repeated over the course of the song and within certain sections. For example, I don't know why this was the first example I thought of earlier today, but YMCA, okay, that is a motif. It is a melodic phrase that has a start and it has an end and is repeated throughout the song, right? You hear it in every chorus and you also hear it at every wedding and whatever else, right? So that is what a motif is. What makes a good catchy melody? Now, before, before people, you know, before I get the, the hate in the DMs, right, I understand that good in music is subjective, right? I totally understand that. But for the sake of this training, we're going to talk about what a good and catchy melody is, right? So a good and catchy melody is something that is easy to sing along to. It's easy to remember. It uses repetition, okay? I think there's a difference between being repetitive and using repetition as a tool, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. It fits to a lyrical sequence, rhythmically speaking. It fits to the instrumental slash chord progression, right? So if you have production that is in a certain key of a certain vibe and you have melodies that don't match that at all, right? It's just not a good melody for it, right? Um, good melodies can sometimes feel like a conversation, right? Call and response type of conversation. A good melody will fit into the key of the song, right? So if your song is in the key of C major, and if you don't know what key is, don't worry about it, but I definitely recommend that that be a place that you start, right? So if you're brand new to this, understanding, you know, what finding your key means is definitely a place to start. I'm not going to get too much into it tonight just because of time and everything else, but definitely you're going to want to look into that. And then a good catchy melody is part of or is a motif. Okay, and again, we're going to talk about motif in a little bit. Now, types of melodies. Okay, some of these will overlap, right? Types of melodies. We can write melodies that are rising and falling, right? We sort of go up in pitch and then we come back down, rising and falling. We can, talk, we can 
right? Melodies that are static, right? They don't really, they don't really jump in terms of pitches. They kind of stay around the same range. Right, we're kind of staying in that like two or three note radius. Dynamic, right? We can have melodies that kind of jump around. They do these big leaps, right? One of my favorite Weezer songs. Oh, 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 right. Perfect situation. Really doing those big, big leaps. I actually don't know if I sang those notes correctly, but anyways, you can go listen to the song. You'll hear those big leaps. So a dynamic melody. Um, you can have melodies that are long notes. Okay, meaning you're holding the note out for longer. This is common, especially like in choruses and stuff. Shorter notes. Okay, they don't, you know, they don't last as long. Right, really short, right, versus longer notes. And then you can combine long and short notes, right? Maybe it starts with longer notes. In the middle has a few short notes and you go back to longer notes, right? So those are the types of melodies. And that actually is really important to be able to distinguish because of what I'm going to get into in a little bit. So real quick here, I'm curious, drop in the chat. Do you usually write your melodies first when you're writing songs or do you usually write your lyrics first? So drop in the chat, write a little lyrics first or write melodies first, write a little bit of like a, you know, hashtag it depends. I don't know. Write something in the chat. Let us know what your process generally starts with because I'd be very curious about that. Okay, we're going to keep rolling here. So what should verse melodies do? Now, again, these rules are meant to be broken. You know, songwriting is kind of a funny thing where you develop your own style, depends on a lot of different things. But again, for the sake of this training, we're going to answer this question. What should verse melodies do? So generally, not always, verse melodies are mid to lower range in terms of melodies, in terms of notes and pitch, right? And the reason for that is the chorus is generally the more exciting, perhaps, part of the song. And the verses are telling the story to set us up for the chorus, which is typically the main idea, right? The main verse motif, right? The YMCA kind of motif that I was talking about, that's generally established in the first two lines of the song, right? Out the gate, you want to make it clear what is the melodic theme of this verse. You don't want to wait. You want to definitely out the gate is really when you want to establish that. Verse melody should maybe provide slight variation between each verse, right? So perhaps verse one and verse two, maybe there's a little bit of variation in verse two, maybe because we're building the song in verse two, maybe some of the notes are a little bit higher, right? And we start to build that way, so slight variation. And then in a verse, no more than two main motifs. And actually, Cammy, who is not to, sorry, Cammy, not to put you on the spot, but uh, who, is in this, who is in this training right now, that was something that we were working on earlier today, is really identifying, you know, in the verse, what are those two main motifs in the song? What should chorus melodies do? Okay, so chorus melodies, I believe, right? Call me crazy, but I think chorus melodies should be the easiest to sing along to and the most memorable, because a lot of people don't know this, but that's why it's called the chorus. The core, the idea is you are bringing a chorus of people together to sing this part. Uh, the chorus should also contrast with the verse melodies, right? So if your verse melody is lower, lower notes, shorter notes, maybe your chorus is higher, longer notes. And again, it's, it's more complicated than that. And I'm not trying to oversimplify, but just to put it simply for now, you, you want to create that contrast between the verse and chorus. And what I hear a lot of times, a lot of, a lot of you all who send me your songs in, in the DMs, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, I don't know where the chorus is, right? Because whatever you're recording, um, when you get to that second section, 
it just kind of sounds like a continuation of the verse. So creating that contrast is really important, right? What do chorus melodies do? They stay constant throughout all the choruses, right? So if you're constantly changing the chorus melody, if chorus, chorus one is a different melody from chorus two, it's going to be really hard to establish what the chorus is because it's just going to be two different parts, right? Chorus is generally higher, longer notes. Not always, right? Again, not always. But the most important thing is it creates that contrast. And again, has no more than two main melodic motifs. Typically, rule of thumb, you know, more, you know, definitely more so for pop songwriting, but a lot of this applies across all genres, is you don't want to have too many motifs. Because if you have too many motifs, it's going to be really hard for people to remember things. It's going to be really hard for your listener to latch on to things. Cool. Awesome. So some takeaways, and we're going to talk about how to implement this in a second. Some takeaways is the contrast is most important when you're talking about sections, right? The, especially the verse and the chorus, right? If the verse and the chorus don't have any separation, it's really, really hard, right, for the listener to make it through yourself, right? Because they don't have those moments where they can kind of latch onto, right? And, the, you know, it's, it's feel lost, right? And so when we're writing songs, I hate to say it, but we have to consider the listener. And we have to consider, you know, how do we keep them on the train, right? How do we, how do we not lose them, right? Now, I understand different genres, different goals, different visions. So, you know, but at the end of the day, we need to do that, right? It was interesting. The other night, I don't think anyone from that group is, is, is in here. We were listening to a Lauryn Hill song. And seemingly, the song was formless. It was like really hard to figure out like where the verse was. But then there were two spots, or three spots, really. But two spots where she had the chorus. And it was like through all the craziness of trying to find where the verse was, the chorus was very clear. And it happened twice. And then at the end of the song, I forget the name of the song, I wish I remembered. At the end of the song, there's this outro, bridge outro that kind of repeats that also keeps us grounded, right? So that repetition also very important as well. Okay? All right, so we are going to talk about how to implement all of this. Okay, how do we implement all of this? Because that's important. All right, so let's take a look again. All right, so how can we implement all this? Start to think in terms of motifs, right? I'm guessing that many people here maybe didn't really think about motifs, you know, before tonight. It's possible, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I didn't until someone told me way back when. So the criticism that I get sometimes <laughs> uh, on social media, which I know it's, uh, it, it typically is a wonderful place, but the criticism that I sometimes get is that Oh, songwriting isn't this like big puzzle. Sometimes it kind of is, right? Sometimes you, you have to consider these things, right? In order to make it a song. Otherwise, it may just feel like a very long freestyle rambling. So start to think in terms of motifs, right? Create melodic drafts of your songs and get it all out there first, and then go back and find what works. Okay, so what do I mean? So I'm guessing that a lot of you maybe like look up beats on YouTube or BeatStars or whatever. You listen to it. Um, you record yourself over it from start to finish. 
and that's kind of it, right? The problem with that is if you don't take it a step further, we don't have these important song elements necessarily, right? Now, if you want it to be one long freestyle, that's, that's another thing and, and more power to you, right? But if you want to create a song, do that draft first. That's great. But then go back and find out what works. Identify those motifs, right? And then build around that, right? And I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves as songwriters to be like, oh, we, I have to write this in the first sitting. No, absolutely not. <laughs> write the first couple drafts, then really parse out what's working, what's not working, and then build around that, okay? The next thing, experiment with words. Now, maybe you're starting with lyrics when you're doing this. Maybe you're not, right? Regardless, you're going to want to start experimenting with words, right? And this is something that, you know, I've done with my clients as well as using what I like to call gibberish or nonsense words, okay? The reason for that is because playing these melodies on a piano, right, or singing it as a single syllable, right, it's going to hit differently than if you have words. And even if you don't have the final words of what you're going to be doing, it still helps to figure out like which attacks, right, as it relates to your vocals using certain words, which vocal attacks go well with the melody. So I think there's this other pressure that we put on ourselves as songwriters of like, oh, we got to we got to figure out all these words first before we write a melody or like, I don't have the lyrics ready yet, so I can't sing this, right? No, sing nonsense words, you know. It might be, might, might be embarrassing. It might make no sense. That's fine. Start to experiment with words. That's really important. So that's kind of how we implement, we implement all this. Okay, so now what? Right? So now what? So you've gotten new tools as it relates to melody. All right, there you go. So like I said, a lot of the training was taken out for the purposes of this episode for one reason or the other, but hopefully you got some good information from that in terms of how to write melodies that people are going to remember. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Connor Frost, and I will talk to you next week. Week.